Roll Tide. Roll Tide Roll. Roll Tide. Welcome to NYC Sports. We've got a pretty exciting episode. With me, as always, is former college coach Jim Freeman. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited. We've got our first guest star here, Philadelphia sports fan Sam Newman. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Happy to be here. That's awesome. We're happy to have you. National championship game last night. That was something else. It was uh, it was pretty exciting to watch. It was close early. Um, I'm doing my best to stay neutral here. Bama blew the doors off Ohio State. They finished the game 52-24. Like I said, it was close early. Close early. First quarter. First quarter was, you know, honestly, um, whoever you were rooting for, you felt like you had you had a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, it was close. Um, you know, at that point, I mean, clearly Alabama led from the start. Um, they looked in control, but still, you know, Ohio State's pretty explosive. And, uh, you know, through the end of the first quarter, you felt like this was going to be a game. Just didn't turn out that way. No, no. Uh, now, Ohio State was down three starters due to COVID. They had 13 total players out. Um, but the three starters was a uh, defensive tackle, defensive end, and a kicker. I'm not sure how much that contributed. Of course, you you never want to lose anybody. They lost their running back early as well. Yeah, I was going to mention that he went down first play. He had, uh, you know, his clavicle uh, broke that. And, you know, clearly anytime you're losing starters or you're missing starters and then first series, you you have somebody go down with an injury. That's, you know, mentally that can be difficult. I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't want to say that's the case of what happened, but... It certainly didn't help. It didn't help. They were able to keep their ground game going, though, throughout the game. Um, they did. And Fields looked pretty good despite his injury last week. Sam, what 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 were your thoughts on the game? Uh, it was just, I mean, like you said, it was close in the beginning, but as, as the game went on, especially in the second quarter, really, they, it, it just... It was an avalanche. It yeah, was just, it was. It was a one-sided affair. <laughs> it's actually a great word to describe it. An yeah, avalanche, definitely. <laughs> you know who's a one-man avalanche? Who's that? That would be uh, their running back. Oh, you know, number twenty-two. He's yeah. uh, no doubt a one-man avalanche. Yeah, no doubt. Bama put up twenty-eight points in that second quarter. Definitely a, a turning point in the game. I, you know, if we can, let's just talk about Najee for a second. Of the course, back. of course. That play when he made the catch. Absurd. Down near the goal. They popped. And he just looked at the defender and was just like, excuse me, are you kidding me with that hit that he was able to sustain, hold the ball, and still keep moving forward? Dude's yeah. a beast. He's 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 a beast. I can't I can't wrap my mind around the fact that he might be a second round pick. That's crazy to me. The dude is so dynamic. He, I think that really he has do to so do much. With you know, GMs not and valuing yeah. running backs in the top round. But dude is absolutely 100% a top round pick. Yeah. Top he round. might be even one of those guys that as the process, the draft process is going on, I don't know how the combine's going to work, mm-hmm. but he might be one of those guys that really climbs up the lead, like up the board. Yeah, definitely. If he puts up a good 40 draft. time, that can, that can change everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you watch their games. They're thirteen and zero. He was a major factor in every game. I don't even yes. know the combine isn't even necessary. Obviously, he'll go. But I mean, look, his work speaks for itself. 
Yeah, the combine is one of my favorite parts of the offseason, the NFL yeah. offseason, and uh, I would be very disappointed, but I would understand if it didn't happen. Of course. We'll have to keep an eye on that. But Jalen Waddell found himself in the game. <laughs> he was barely talked about pregame, which was kind of weird, kind of like, I feel like funny is the wrong word, but it, it was Well, I don't think odd. people really knew if he was going to play or if it was just one of those things like, okay, he's suited up, but look, he... He's not coming in, you know. He's not. Re- I mean, we saw how he ran. He struggled a little, you know. Well, yeah. So he had so so he had he had one catch early for 15 yards, and he came off the field limping. Took some time off. Limps back on the field. Yeah, ends up coming <laughs> back onto the field and and is just fighting through. He would come off the field at times and just cringing in pain. But you get you get NFL stars out here tweeting about it. Patrick Mahomes said. Respect the heart, but you can't let that man be out there. Darius Leonard, who's just a stud for the Colts. Don't know how he was in yep. Pro Bowler in his first year. He led the league in tackles. That was a major snub. But Leonard said, um, come on, Nick, don't let Waddle do this. He's hurt and shouldn't be out there. Come on, bro. Sometimes you got to protect players from themselves, which is something that Judge will talk about a lot in his conferences, protecting right. players protecting, from themselves. Yeah. Um Des Bryant said, keep Waddle out of the game. I know you love the game, brother, but you're not playing but you not playing tonight is best for your future. AJ Brown, Waddle, please sit down. Like a lot of guys urging Jalen Waddle to True, stay but, back. And I respect that. Yeah. I do. You know, I mean this guy, he has a career ahead of him. He's gonna have a great NFL career, but here's where I am all in with Alabama mm-hmm. because Nick Saban has created such a culture yes. for these guys that they want to be on the field. How many times have we seen, you know, and and again, I don't want to call people out. I'm not in their position to make that decision, but right. year after year when it comes bowl time and big games, people are, oh, hey, I, I got a future in the NFL. I'm not suiting up for this. And they just leave their team high and dry where Alabama – I mean, they're injured and they're fighting to get back out. The center, not able to play, and he still gets on the field. Now, granted, it, you know, it was yeah. for a victory formation, but still, these guys want to be on the field for one another. They want to get in the trenches. They get in the foxhole with these guys. Do whatever is necessary for this team to win. And you got to love that. You got to love that. You got to respect it. Yeah, definitely. Now, the one thing that I noticed that – stood out to me with him and I and I said it last night while we were watching the game this is going to affect his draft stock it could it definitely could and I'm for it <laughs> personally because here's the thing the Giants need a receiver we could use a one and who better than to put Jalen Waddle in number 81 start a legacy like the Cowboys have with number 88 and have him break Amani Toomer's receiving record. That would be the greatest. That'd be pretty sweet. I mean, Waddle is ranked 11th player in the draft as it stands. And currently, what draft pick do we have? That would be number 11. Oh, that'd be number 11 right there. Sam, as an Eagles fan, what would your thoughts be if the Giants were to land somebody like Jalen Waddle? Oh, it would be something else to worry about. I mean, we already have, like, Dallas... You have CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. You know, now we have to worry about the Giants, <laughs> Waddle. It's a it's definitely yeah. a loaded division. 
Yeah. You have McLaurin. True. McLaurin, too. Yeah. On the Washington football team. Now, somebody else on Bama who's... You know, making making some waves right now. I think I've heard of this guy. Yeah, uh, Devontae Smith. That's it, Smith, yeah. Could very well land in Philadelphia through the draft because the Eagles have pick number six. That'd be disappointing. For us, I would hate that. Hate There's that. nothing I want <laughs> less than to see number six in green. Sam, what would what would what would you be feeling on draft night in April? If oh, number would, six comes around on the clock and it's Devontae. Oh, it would be a pipe dream. I mean, I'd be jumping up and down, you know. I mean, that would be probably, arguably, best-case scenario at pick number six. Yeah, I don't know if he'll go that late, but it'll be interesting to see if anybody wants to move up to get him. Yeah. Um, I, I won't lie. If the Eagles get him, I will not be happy. No. No, I won't. <laughs> you know what I'd like to say? I'd like us. I'd like us to trade up and get him. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Speaking of Devontae Smith, he ended up leaving the game with a finger injury, which I don't think will really affect his career. I hope not. No. But Nick Saban had a, or was quoted as saying, I told Smitty after the game, I said, you're the only player that missed a whole half because of your finger. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you you got to love Nick Saban. He now has seven rings, six with Bama, one with LSU. LSU. Right? Yeah. Uh, passes Bear Bryant as the most all-time. He's, he's, I mean, he's already be... got his statue down outside uh, Bryant Brian Denny, Denny State, does he? Stadium. You know, it's, you know. Um, we got Bryant statue there, and, of course, Saban's has already been up. Um, he's just adding to his uh, to his credentials. Uh, the he's he's got to be the best college coach of all time, right? I would think so. He's got to be in the talks. And it's not just it's not just culture is an overused word, but it's it's definitely the culture, and it's 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 his recruiting as well. Recruiting, yeah, and we'll get into that in one second. But l- let's look at it like this as well. Every year, when you have a successful team, there are other teams in the league, whether it's college or pro, that are going to start picking apart your coaching staff yes. to hire as head coaches. Yeah, and constantly Alabama is losing their top assistant coaches to become head coaches elsewhere. And so yearly, he's not just recruiting athletes; he has to recruit new coaches every year as well. And that's something that not a lot of people give thought to. But you talked about recruitment, so let's just talk about this 2017 Alabama recruiting class. So the 2017 class is this senior crop. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, not all of them are still right. Some have with left Alabama. as juniors. Yep, some left as juniors and are already playing in the league. But here we go. So we start out with Najee Harris. Stud. Stud. That's my boy. Jerry Judy, NFL. And outstanding. Henry Ruggs III. Outstanding NFL already. Almost broke the combine uh, 40-yard dash record. Oh, yeah. Dude, lightning in a bottle. I think he ran a 4-2. That's it was something like that. Devontae Smith. Obviously, we know he's headed to the league. Right. Tua Tonga Vailoa. Already there. Jedrick Wills. Came out last year. Already there. Mac Jones. Expected to go first round this year. Xavier McKinney. That's my know, boy. Joined the Giants this past year. Dylan Moses will be headed to the league this year. And Alex Leatherwood, you know, one of the top linemen in the country, all from that 2017 class. Ten guys right there. Are you kidding me? 
That's unbelievable to have that as a recruiting class. And clearly, you know, there are others. Those are just the top ones that are, you know, first, second round picks. That's ridiculous. It's, it is pretty insane. You, you talk about coordinators and coaching staffs. Yeah. Start is Sarkeesian, right? Steve Sarkeesian. So he, he'll be in Texas (laughs) and the front runner uh, to replace him is Bill O'Brien. From the Texans. Okay. Yeah, I saw that today. So that'll be interesting. That would be interesting. But in Tebow's interview with Mac Jones in the pregame they showed, Mac said that his pep talk to the team earlier in the week, he said that if they win, they can go down as the best college football team of all time. Between their all-SEC schedule, which will never be emulated again, and all the difficulties on and off the field, I'd like to hear from both of you guys. Where, What do you think? Where do you guys put them? Do you think that this is the best college football team of all time? They went 13-0 and in a COVID season. It's pretty sick. Yeah. And then they were missing players. And Nick Saban himself mm-hmm. had to miss time. Uh, Sam, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, definitely protocols had to play a role. They almost canceled the season to yeah. begin with. And now with everything going on, to even win 13 games, go undefeated, you know, have all the expectations of Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, no, there's definitely incredible. so much outside pressure when you put on that crimson uniform. That's there's, there is no pro football team in Alabama. Right. Bama this and is Auburn it. is it? Yeah, yeah. You know. Best team of all time, always difficult, you know, anytime you compare because you're comparing many times generations and styles of play. Mm -hmm. So hard to truly compare. I do think you have to give this team some consideration. And again, you look at some of the players we talked about earlier and we didn't even talk about, um, you know, really the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this team definitely has to be ranked in the top there's no doubt i i wouldn't necessarily say the best but hey who's to argue they just went 13 and 0 won a national championship yeah. i'm not gonna argue no doubt now speaking of best of all times and records and such the jets posted today that 52 years ago on this day was the greatest upset in nfl history that was their uh instagram caption but they're talking about Super Bowl three, when the eleven and three AFL champion New York Jets defeated the thirteen and one NFL champion Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three by a score of sixteen to seven. Now this is back before the merger, yes, when it was, it was the two leagues. It's not AFC NFC, American Football League and National Football League. The Colts were favored by. 18 points to win the game. This is a game that did change history. It changed history. As you said, there were two separate leagues. You had the AFL, you had the NFL. Think to more recent times, well, not that recent, but there was the USFL and NFL, completely different. You had the XFL, Mm -hmm. NFL, completely different. It was very similar to this, but they did play at the same time of year. So the AFL came into existence. They were, you know... They were firing downfield. You know, the NFL was still running, Wait, pounding. Really? The, the AFL, were they were they more of a pass-heavy league? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely, yeah. 
And they loved it. They opened it up. NFL, three yards in a cloud of dust, and we're just going to keep pounding. And so to say it was the the greatest upset in NFL history, again, difficult. Um, I think I know where you're going to go with your choice of yeah, the greatest upset. you know, I take offense to this <laughs> because... I, you know, there's a little a little scrappy team that we call the 07 Giants, and I might be biased, but, you know. You may be. It's, it's an incredible story, and everybody knows it was the undefeated Patriots against the 9-7 wildcard New York Giants. Yep. They had no business being there. And let me remind you, listen to this clip. Of what Tom Brady had to say before, Plaxico Burris came out with his prediction. Was that his prediction? The Plaxico, it was okay. Plaxico's. No, he oh, didn't. Twenty four. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So Plaxico Burris came out with his prediction. This is what Tom Brady had to say. We're only gonna score seventeen points. Oh, was it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what that makes me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Tom. Okay. No, I have so much respect for Tom Brady, but you know he's getting a little cocky. Goat. He is getting a little cocky out there, and you know what the final score was? Seventeen fourteen at the final. Okay. <laughs> Seventeen fourteen, fella. One touchdown. We are world champions. Sell it, Michael. Strahan called it. Seventeen fourteen. That's it. Well, so here's why. Again, the the Jets game, that Super Bowl three, would be considered a better or greater upset than that Super Bowl win for the Giants, which was outstanding. Again, they they broke that undefeated team. You know, best of all time. (laughs) They read. You know, it was it was great. But the again, the reason is again that Super Bowl three with Joe Namath. And people will say, you know, Joe Namath, you know, he didn't play a great game that day. What, again, a lot of people don't understand is what Joe Namath did. He he chalked, you know, again, he's from Alabama, roll tide, and he was known for his arm, and, you know, he could make plays running, he could make plays throwing, and he loved to air it out. But he understood that to beat the Colts on that day, they did have to hit their run game quite a bit. So while people may criticize him and say, well, he, he didn't even throw that well that day, he was the one making the calls in the, in the huddle. You know, the co- the plays weren't being sent in by the coaches. It was Joe Namath making all the calls, which back in the day, most quarterbacks did. You know, they didn't have anybody running it in or sending plays in with, with a player. There was no headset. So really, it was the quarterbacks making yeah, the calls. Paul, Paul Brown hadn't invented the, the headset yet. Well, he did, and then they took it away. <laughs> did they? Okay. Yeah. I, I do believe that at that point, they tried it, and NFL said no. Um, so, you know, with Namath, he ended up realizing, look, for us to win, this is what we need to do. So I'm putting my ego to the side. I'm not here to, to do what's best for me. I'm here to do what's best for this team. So his stats were not great. You go back and look at his stat line was not great. Yeah, to that point, Joe Namath is, uh, at least was, the only Super Bowl MVP to be declared the most valuable player without personally scoring or throwing for a touchdown. So he was really named the most valuable player for being a game manager. And I don't, I don't know if that record stands, but I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a game manager, though. Well, just that game manager-esque uh, right. quarterback. That... I mean, because he controlled the game. Yes. You know, he didn't just manage to prevent bad plays. That's fair. 
You know, he was he was, you know, setting up what was necessary for his team to win. And I do think that's why he got the MVP. And again, just to close out my thought on this, mm-hmm. biggest upset, it changed the league. It went from AFL to NFL to AFC NFC under the NFL. And talk about the impact of him calling the game. Because now everybody oh. calls the game. But he, he came out and said Absolutely. They this they is were our game. so we're gonna win it and it hit it hit the press like nobody oh, had ever seen it before. hit hard the, you know, he was just yeah, if you ever hear him talk about it he was just so tired because no one no one gave the Jets a chance just, it just didn't happen and somebody in the back of the room had yelled that you know you're going down and he said you know we're gonna win I guarantee it and he said I knew it we knew it and he just had to put it out there and you know a lot of coaches would tell you not to open your mouth that way Mm -hmm. but hey especially at that time yeah you know he he was brash and he believed in his guys now flipping back to the uh 07 giants just talk about a fairy tale team to win it the way that they did with the fairy tale tyree catch (laughs) something that will never be seen before something that i believe to be the undisputed greatest play of super bowl history it might be it's it's there's i've never seen anything like it last year for the 100th anniversary if you guys remember they did the they ranked the top 100 teams in nfl history now the jets the super bowl jets were ranked 24th the 24th best team of all time the colts we're ranked the 44th best team of all time. Interesting. You go to the 07 teams, the Patriots, the 2007 Patriots with that offense, with with uh, Randy Moss and, and Brady, and some of their records still stand. They are the seventh best NFL team of all time. The 2007 Giants, who beat them, are ranked the 53rd best team mm. of all time. I'm just going to leave that out there. You can take that for how you want it, <laughs> wow. you know? But that's all That's all I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. Sam, what do you think? Jets or Giants? <laughs> uh, I would probably say the Giants. I mean, what they did and what they were able to do against that team. I mean, that team was loaded with Wes Walker, mm-hmm. you know, Gronk. And Hernandez, Randy Moss, you know, Tom Brady, who people say is the greatest of all time, you know, and they were able to beat him. And Belichick in that defense. And Belichick, yeah, that's not even coaching. They dominated. Yeah. It's hard to argue. Speaking of the Jets, they have five picks in the first three rounds of this year's draft. They have the second pick, the 23rd pick from Seattle, the 34th pick, 66th, and the 87th pick with Seattle. Now those are both with the Jamal Adams trade, a trade that I think was really good because he didn't want to be there anyway. So you get two two top 3 picks in top 3 rounds, you know. And we're really going to see the value of that trade after the draft and in a couple years after right. these guys develop. But Absolutely. that that's just going to be something to keep an eye on. But for the Jets, the biggest most important personnel decision this offseason is going to be their coach. Now, Joe Douglas was quoted as saying, we're looking for a person that's going to have an outstanding vision of what they want the identity of this team to be. 
And like I said earlier, culture seems it's a it's it's an overused word, but it's important nonetheless. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They're gonna need somebody to instill that culture, and the Jets brought back the 49ers defensive coordinator uh, Robert Sala for a second interview. He appears to be the front runner uh, for that job. Sam, what what does this guy bring to the table? Oh, I mean, if you just listen to the players, like players like Richard Sherman, uh, they just speak so highly of him. He was supposed to get a job last year and wasn't able to. So the fact that he's even still there is a blessing for the Jets. Yeah, now that is a great point. He brings so much energy. If you ever watch, if you ever watch the Niners sideline, yeah, this dude's jumping around. And you talk about building a culture. They like the Jets need somebody who's going to take this People organization. Get with them. Yeah, they they need somebody who's going to take this organization by the neck and make it his own. And this guy, he's a young guy. He brings it. And I think he would be great to just jumpstart that franchise. Yeah, he might be. I mean, obviously, we could go through their list. They, you know, they've gone through quite a few. Uh, we already interviews. mentioned in the last one interviews. Yep. Yeah, uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Marvin Lewis, former head coach and uh, former DC when the Ravens won the uh, Super Bowl. You mentioned uh, Sal from San Fran, Joe Brady from uh, Carolina, Brian DeBall from. Uh, Buffalo, Eberflus from Colts, Arthur Smith, uh, Titans, Aaron Glenn. You know, I mean, they're making their rounds. They are. They're and being they, thorough. They're exactly. I was just about to say they're doing their due diligence. They're not just going, all right. Here's a former head coach. Let's pull him in and see what he can do. You know, I think they're hitting the spectrum of offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. You know, they they want to see, and hopefully they do. They they find the right fit because if they don't find it. You know, they're going to be stuck once again. And you've said before, at least in conversation with myself, I don't know if it was on any of the previous episodes, that uh, you wish that more teams would kind of give some of these guys who haven't had head coaching experience a shot to see what they can do. And I think that Salah's a great example of that, just a guy who can bring... Like, you don't don't know what he's capable of. He could be the next Bill Belichick. We have no idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next-gen stats have the Jets ranked second in the NFL with a 23.9% stuff percentage. And for a defensive mm. coach, I think that's a great thing to build on. You know, like that's – you. there's – this Jets team has some potential to build on. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, they, they beat two teams that are in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Granted, they were their only two wins. Right. But they beat two playoff teams. So. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the season. It wasn't like they, they did that at the beginning of the season. Right. They, they did at the end of the season, which is closer to what your team looks like right now. Exactly. Now, another team who is in a little bit of a coaching hole, you know, the Eagles just fired Doug Peterson. So that makes seven coaching openings this offseason. But Sam, as an Eagles fan, what are your thoughts, man? Talk to me. I mean, I would just say this organization is just out of touch. I mean... This is a guy that brought you your only Super Bowl victory in team history. You know, this is his true, you know, his first season, he was seven and nine. But this is, uh, other than that, this is his only losing season. Every other year he's made the playoffs with whether it's like his team was injured, you had the quarterback controversy, 
with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Now you have another one with Jalen Hurts yeah. and, and Carson Wentz, and he was able to kind of ride the ship as best as he could, mm-hmm. except this last game. But and you're just gonna let him go, you know. Even the even the owner, um, he ha- held a presser uh, earlier this week, and he was saying Doug Peterson didn't deserve to get fired. Well, then why did wow. you fire him? Yeah. Interesting. That yeah. is interesting. Now, Eagles fans are famously brutal. Brutal. <laughs> have you? Have they you? They threw snowballs at Santa Claus. That's... Enough said. <laughs> That's whack. That's whack. That's all you need to say. Sam, have you ever called for this guy to get fired in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the game? Have you ever been like, "This guy's the worst. Get rid of him." <laughs> I would say there's sometimes, definitely when he goes for. Goes for it on fourth down, like maybe like every fourth down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm watching the game, especially this year, and you're like just screaming at the TV. Uh, I would say a lot of a lot of fans were happy that he got fired, you know, just due to the last game of the season. I mean, right? Oh my God, I was so that was sad. a mess. That was I, a mess. You know, you had, Sam. To your point, I think it, it's interesting. And what you said was valid when you talked about he's the only coach that brought you a Super Bowl. And we're not talking like the Jets from 1969. We're talking three years ago. Yeah. You know, like this was recent that he brought you there. And so quickly, you know, the tide has turned on him. And again, now we're not in the clubhouse. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But And to piggyback off of that, he's got a 42 37 and 1 regular season record with the Eagles. The one tie was to the Bengals this past season. Uh-huh. That's 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 above 500. Yeah. He's yeah. got a 4 and 2 playoff record, 66%. He's got one Super Bowl win and one statue outside of Lincoln Financial Field. They have a statue. They have him. a statue yeah. of him and Nick Foles. I did not know. And that. next season, both of those two guys could be on different teams, which is just the best. Wow. Having having whatever bus roll up. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're already ship Foles out. They're like, yeah, we're done with you. Goodbye. He's been gone. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy how short the leash was with him as opposed to a guy like uh, Chip Kelly where they gave him organizational power, you know, player personnel, and to not even be able to pick the players on defense. Like, he, uh, Peterson wasn't even able to pick the players on defense. Wow. And this is a Super Bowl-winning head coach. Yeah. You know, who beat Bill Belichick and mm-hmm. Tom Brady. You know, it wasn't... The only other team in actuality. That's right. That's to true. Beat. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Aside the, from uh, the New York Giants. That's right, twice, actually. <laughs> uh, 07 and 11. How much, how much, if at all, does this remind you of the Andy Reid situation? That dude took you guys to the Super Bowl, if, yep. I, if I remember correctly. Uh, lost to the Pats, but takes you to the Super Bowl, brings you to the playoffs nearly every year, just with such an electric offense with Michael Vick. Yeah. And 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 Eagles fans are just get this guy out of get here. Get him out. He's <laughs> terrible. Fire him. And what do they do? They get rid of him. And they get rid of him. How much does this remind you of that? Oh, it's like it's like a it's like looking in a mirror. I mean, it's it's terrible. I mean, 
when he was on his way out, everyone was at like yelling for him to be fired. And when they finally did, they ended up going another route through Chip Kelly, you know, through college to make a splash that obviously, you know, fell on its face. And then they asked Andy Reid, who he thinks should pick as the next head coach. No way. And he, he recommended <laughs> Doug Peterson. Wow. That's and that's why they picked Doug Peterson. There oh, because many. because Peterson's from the Andy Reid coaching tree, right? I believe he is. That makes sense. Yeah. He was um, OC under Andy Reid and KC. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So as a fan, who would you like to see? Do you have a preference of who you'd like to see take the club? Could you see another Kansas City offensive coordinator take over? Um, I mean, Bellamy, Eric Bellamy is a great option. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he's doing with the Chiefs right now, especially with the weapons they have, obviously with Mahomes, you know, it is it is great. Uh, it's amazing football to watch. Now, you know? keep in mind, though, the as you said with Mahomes, like the just Mahomes by himself. But you come to Philly, you're you know, the enemy's not going to have the same personnel that he has in Kansas City. No, but they've got some. Like it, I don't think I've ever said this out loud before, but they've got some pretty good guys over there in Philadelphia. I know, like this is vinegar to say, but you know they've got no, they do. They they've got Jalen Hurts, who I like a lot. They have Miles Sanders, who regrettably I do like him as a running back. Yeah, he's um, very good. And if worse comes to worst, and they get Devontae Smith, that's a pretty explosive big three. That a lot of teams are going to struggle to compete with. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I guess... With a competent offensive coach. If you decide to go with a Jalen Hurts, as opposed to Wentz, you could run an offense, I think, more similar to Kansas City. I agree with that. Sam, do you think that they're going to ship Wentz off? Because Wentz didn't even suit up in his last game. I mean... Yeah, you go. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, they said that Wentz... The big thing was that Wentz's relationship with Peterson was beyond repair. Yes. But Peterson's gone. Right. So do you think that he sticks around and fights for the job, or does he still go through with the trade? What What are you feeling right now? I mean, if I were Wentz, I would want out of there, personally. Um, Spoken think, like a true Eagles fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Wentz just by his play this year. Mm-hmm. You know, halfway through the season, when he actually did play, you know, he was leading the league in turnovers. Is that when his jerseys went on sale half price? Yeah. I think that's when they started burning them. <laughs> and then you put Hertz in. I don't think Hertz really showed anything. He had that Saints game, and then he had he had back-to-back games of 330 yards. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, like the last few games, I don't think he showed anything to show that he's taken the job from Wentz. You don't think he's the guy? No, especially since they already have $34.6 million put into Wentz for the next year. I mean, I don't know how. I think the problems with the Eagles stem mostly from the front office, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, you're going to fire a Super Bowl winning head coach after one bad year, but have a guy like Howie Roseman that's been there for 12, 13 years and you know, make these decisions by drafting Hurts and stuff like, even as blatant as drafting Rager over Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson is just, it's mind boggling. Interesting. My favorite part about watching Eagles games this past season was when the PA guy who's controlling the crowd noise 
is pumping in booze at the home games <laughs> instead of cheers after a three and out. It's it's just like the That's fans are there. Exactly. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> That's awesome. Sam, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Hopefully, we'll get you on again at some point. Maybe after the draft, we'll talk. Uh, Sounds good. Some of the uh, NFC East waves that happened. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still listening, be sure to follow us on Instagram at NYC Sports underscore podcast and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss an episode. Remember, if you don't play with a puck, keep playing with your balls.